0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore Danny. Well, we have officially reached that point in, um, in my life where stuff is just brewing underneath the surface to the point where I am now deleting podcasts, where it's like, you know what? I have been screaming for 10 minutes about things that are not football related just at the audience, just so that somebody out there can hear and understand that I'm, I'm angry at what's happening in the world. And so I had to delete it, and we're already... I already got a late start, so I'm going to do my best to swallow everything that annoys me and stay on topic. And hopefully, if I do a good enough job of staying focused on things that matter... I won't have to take days off because that's what I've done every other time. I said, you know what? I'm taking a break from this because this is nonsense. Just as an FYI, though, if you notice me getting a little snippy, just know not only has it been, you know, it's winter and it's horrible, there is some stuff going on, nothing you need to worry about, but it's just one of those things that kind of makes me a little extra unhappy with life at this moment, which is weird because it it feels like it's not affecting me, you know? When stuff is going on, and it's like, eh. Feel like, I'm handling it pretty well, and then you just notice you start, sort of act like a psychopath with a really short fuse. It's like, no, I think this is bothering me, <laughs> but you know, that's life, we all got to suffer through it, anyways. Um, I did do an explainer video on the draft, the whole us as a group doing a draft or whatever seemed like that helped a lot. I've been talking about it and putting it in text form, and everybody's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, no traction, nothing. So, I made a video, here's what it is, does this look cool to you? And then everyone's like, dude, I totally signed up. It's like, I, what, I, I. Do I suck at talking that much? I must. That's why they say like texting is just a lot gets lost in that. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? So the plan will be we'll do a couple of practice mocks today. And then hopefully if there's time yesterday, again, no time. Hopefully if there's time today, there is a big meeting that I have to do. But uh, we'll do a live stream of it. I'll probably broadcast that on YouTube. I can simulcast it, I believe. In fact, I know I can. It's just if I'm smart enough to set it up. But that should be fun. As for Packers news, there's a whole lot of... Not very interesting things. I mean, sort of, I guess, off-season things that I just need to stay away from because, you know, it, it's off-limits as far as having fun. Brett Favre started a podcast, not allowed to enjoy that. Brett Favre is a Republican. He's on a show with a Republican. So anytime his name comes up, Twitter has a meltdown. So we, we just got to stay away from that. Aaron Rodgers has a girlfriend. Can't make that joke anymore because you have the the how-dare-you crowd as well as the actually crowd. And they just swarm. So just stay away from that. Otherwise, not a ton of news. Tell you what, I need to figure out what setting it is that does autocorrect without my permission. That has been the the absolute most frustrating thing in the world. I know what I'm doing. I see right in the middle you're suggesting I do something else. I respect that. Thank you for your suggestion. I want to do what I'm typing. It's like, nope, we're not doing that. You're doing what I say. I push the space and it's like, oh, you mean you want to switch it? No. Oh, boy. But I guess we can pick up right where we left off. So I did get a question from Josh. Josh would like to know, what are your thoughts on the Packers going after Curtis Samuel? Not sure if he'll fit in their budget, but it seems like he will be—he will not be overpriced and be a great fit in this offense. So right away, and, and this, this kind of stinks because free agency is a big part of what the show is, is about going forward. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to throw in the caveat that I don't know how much of an ability we're going to have. To bring guys in, now, I've mentioned the Packers seem to, when they talk, hint at the fact that they're planning on making moves in free agency, and I wouldn't necessarily doubt that. Now it v- seems painfully obvious that it can't be any massive big move, and everything we add has to be a a um, you know subtraction. They have to take from somewhere else, and as easy as it is to look at it and say, okay, I think if they do X, Y, and Z, they can probably get the cap straightened out. Even then it's like, well, you, you gotta be able to have enough money to sign your draft picks, you gotta be able to have enough money to take into the regular season, you gotta have money for X, Y, and Z. And then you factor in, well, how much does a guy like Curtis Samuel want or who or, or whoever? It definitely gets to be tricky. And I know I've been on this podcast saying, Well, they they have a plan and you don't, but at the end of the day it is still math. And so, um whereas I do think they have some kind of a plan and again, maybe they are gonna do something kind of drastic. And no, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. But um, Again, I'm mostly just trying to read tea leaves here, and I also understand that this Packers team has been very, very active, whereas in the past, the Green Bay Packers had a philosophy and they stuck to it, and it's all draft and develop and all that stuff, and um, you know, there was a quote about that I played on this show um, about Ted Thompson where basically the first thing he said to his guys was, we will not be bringing in free agents. That's clearly not the same path that this GM is on. And uh, just the way the NFL is going in general of being just completely insane, you know, sending people off and bringing people in. I mean, it's 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 funny because I've talked about in the past how, you know, everybody used to say, well, this isn't Madden, and they would look down their nose at, like, Madden players and whatnot. And the NFL is becoming Madden rapidly. It's kind of the same with, like, college football where it slowly seeps in. Madden is slowly seeping in, you know, back in the day when you never, ever, ever went forward on fourth down. You just didn't. It was automatic. If, if you're not in field goal range, you punt. Maybe very, very, very rarely on like a fourth and short, or obviously if it was, you know, a game on the line situation, but that's it. Now it's like if you're just in this range and if it's within five yards and it's fourth down, you just kind of go for it. That's the norm. And now, you know, they always talked about, you know, again, media personalities and and people within the NFL kind of looking down their nose at people who wanted to do these drastic trades, like, well, why don't we give these three players and these picks for those two players? And it's like, dude. That's not how this works. This isn't a video game. That's kind of what it's turning into, though. Now, I know the Packers are probably going to be on the on the low end of the crazy spectrum, but they're already kind of involved in a little bit of craziness. They're at least now at the level of what other teams used to do normally, which as far as Packers go and and what we're used to as Packer fans, they may as well be, you know, moving around Deshaun Watson or whatever. Absolute madness. Now, in terms of the player, because I'll, I I don't want to just shut down every single, and I'm sure there's, you know, again, the actually crowd is going to pop up like, oh, we don't have any money. Dude, it, we got a whole off season, all right? And I, I can't just field every free agent question and say, sorry, we don't have any money. Sorry, we don't have any money. That's not interesting. I don't know that we're not getting Curtis Samuel. It's It's a low likelihood because of the cost. I think Josh knows that. Now that we understand that, let's move on and talk about Curtis Samuel. So Curtis is 24 years old, so that, first of all, is is a benefit, but it also drives up his price. Um, I understand where you're coming from in terms of he's not going to be that expensive, but I do think he's going to come with a bit of a premium. He is a talented slot receiver. He came on real strong, not just this year, but at the second half of this year. If I can get rid of this little pop-up message, my coffee cup is in the way, so I can't find the X. Sorry for banging into the mic. But if we look at his his grades, for example, 2017, rookie year, 56. Didn't play all that much, but didn't do all that well. 2018, he took a step forward. 2019, took a step back. 2020 was his best year, so 50, 70, 60, 70. But also, if you look at his grades, it was 50, 50, 70, 60, 60, 80, 60, 70, 50, and then 70, 70, 70, 40, 80, 80. His last two games were his, um, not be- well, there was New Orleans also, but two of his best games, two of his three best games. And he also had, basically since week 11, he was pretty dominant with the exception of his Green Bay Packer game where he just got wrecked. Um, he doesn't fit the prototype in terms of size if the Packers are you know, determined to bring in, for example, a big slot. He's 5'11", 195. Again, I do think that is the prototype that they like, but I don't think it's as dogmatic as some people make it. In other words, he's 5'11", 195, so they're not going to do it. I think there are preferences... And I think there are degrees to these preferences in terms of how much we're willing to tolerate, but I don't know that it's a hard and fast rule in terms of has-to-be, must-be. It's just can this person help? It's, it's, it's all just pros and cons, right? What does he have? What does he not have? What can he do? What can he not do? What's his price? All that stuff gets factored in, and then we decide if we're going to pull the trigger or not. Um, one of the big benefits, four, three, one speed. So he is going to provide that field-stretching ability. I don't know what the plan is with MVS. I still see a lot of questions, not necessarily for me recently, but I've seen them out there in terms of, do you think MVS is going to have a breakout year? I've been saying no since forever. I'm surprised that we're still stuck on this. The guy's not going to break out. He's had three years with the Packers. He has good days and he has bad days. Again, there's, we've had so many receivers that are that way. They kind of disappear for a long time and then they show up. Right? Devontae is the one consistent producer, and I guess you can throw Alan Lazard in there, although he's not always consistent as a receiver he is at least consistent as a run blocker slash receiver so he provides that extra dynamic that you like but when we say we're looking for a second receiver we're looking for a consistent producer right back when we had Jordy and Cobb you know one of those guys would have a great day and maybe not the other one but it would it would kind of alternate and still even when you know Jordy was sort of the big play guy and, and Randall would get the you know four five six seven eight receptions in a game with Marquez you know it's Six targets, four receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Six targets, three receptions, 55 yards, no touch. Then zero targets, zero receptions. Then one target, zero receptions. I mean, you just—you don't go two games without a single reception with only one target. The drops hit an all-time high. He had seven drops. It was terrible with that. He also added a fumble. So seven drops and a fumble. You know, I'm working through my wide receivers on my little cheat sheet for the draft, and um, I can tell you, 10% drop rate is not great. I think there there's there are two that I've gone through so far that are at about 10%. Um, ideally, it's it's obviously very low, two, three, four-ish percent, maybe 10%. I mean, it's technically 9.5, but still, I mean, it's that's bad, and that's drops per target. Should maybe switch that to per reception, but whatever. It's going to give you a general number. You get the idea, right? If it's 10%, that's bad. If it's 2%, that's good. It's not going to change all that much if you do it per reception. But the point is it provides a speed dynamic, which is something I think the Packers need to recapture, right? So they've they've got Devontae, and again, I do think they're going to extend Devontae. That's going to help them with their cap. He's also earned it. Um, he's going to make a, a massive payday. Um, I think they are going to obviously hang on to Lazar because of what he provides as a run blocker is just completely... I mean, what he does for Lafleur's scheme is just incredible, on top of occasionally jumping in and being a great receiver. Um, not maybe consistent as you like, but overall pretty solid. So that third dynamic that the Packers seem to really like is speed. And I do think, I mean, it's obviously very different. Marquez was not a slot guy. He was a very tall, fast outside guy, whereas Curtis Samuel is a smaller, fast slot guy. But I think you can get a lot of the same type of things. And again, nothing is a hundred percent. It's not like you can't put Curtis Samuel out wide. Um, that's one of the biggest things I've learned looking at snap counts or whatever. Nothing is just a hundred percent a certain way. He's had three hundred this past year. Three hundred ninety-nine snaps from the slot. One hundred and seventy-seven were out wide. He had seventy in the backfield, which is another dynamic that Curtis Samuel brings, as well as twelve in line. So basically, lining up as a tight end. So you just you move guys all over the place. So he would play in the slot. He would play out wide. He would probably in the backfield on occasion. Speaking of, he's one of the few wide receivers that has a, a positive run grade, 75.9. He had 41 attempts for uh, 200 yards for 4.9 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, six carries over 10 yards, 3.49 yards after contact, 12 avoided tackles, which is quite high for only 41 attempts. And yeah, he also provides that sort of jet sweep and around kind of thing. So if you're looking for that kind of a receiver, so for example, of his 41 Uh, Rushing attempts. Five of them were on jet sweeps. Two of them were on reverses. So you get sort of that, you know, coming in from the edge. Seven of his 41. So a seventh of his his runs were on that kind of action. And and that's just the times when he actually got the ball. He's he's probably coming across the formation a ton. And Matt Lafleur could use him in that capacity where he's just constantly coming across the formation. Now we could possibly draft guys that way, but um, again, nothing is set in stone. It's it's one of the it's almost silly to say one of my pet peeves because obviously everything is my pet peeve. But just to to act as though we can snap our fingers and make something happen like there aren't 31 other teams out there. What I'm talking about are people that are saying, we can't afford Curtis Samuel. Why don't you just draft Tutu Atwell? Well, because somebody else might. That's why. You know, I mean, what's his value? Do you like him at the back of the second? What if he doesn't make it there? What if he, you know, well, then we trade up. Well, Why? I mean, if his value is like a, an early third and we're willing to, to reach on him as a late, in the late second already, I'm not trading up for him. We're not going to lose value just because I decided that this has to happen. And again, the, the teams don't come in saying, we have to do this. You wait on the board to tell you what to do. That's it. You know, there's there's your board and then there's your needs. And you when the time comes, you look at it and say, this makes sense. This is the right thing to do. You don't, at this point in time, say no to Curtis Samuel, we'll just draft Tutu Atwell or whoever. You know, Rondale Moore, he'll, he'll probably be there. I don't know. We'll just trade away all our picks and move up to 13 just to make sure we get Rondale. I mean, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So maybe um, maybe something like this would help. And the, and it also what it does is, and this is true of all free agents, it, it frees you up in the draft. It frees you up so that you don't have to do something drastic in the draft. Now, generally, I think you want to go for Premier you know, for example, when the Packers went out and got edge rusher. Now, they still ended up drafting an edge rusher anyways, because, again, you don't know how the board's going to fall. Maybe if they knew they were getting Rashawn, they would have left Preston off. I don't know. But when that came up, they're like, well, should we just avoid him, even though that's the guy we want, because we already have... No, we'll, we'll, we're will we going to draft him, because Preston isn't going to be here for very much longer, and there you go. Or Zadary, because they didn't know how either of these guys were going to pan out. But again, you, you you do it so that you don't have to do something drastic. So, for example, if, if we... If we feel like we can't even field a team, like, for example, a cornerback. Like, we are in dire straight. You don't want to be in a position where there's no real good corners at at one, but we end up drafting or massively reaching because we just have to take a corner. And there's a guy that's a pretty good value at maybe like 45, and he's probably not going to be there with our second pick, so we're just going to take him here. We could trade back, but then we might lose him, and we're really getting into the weeds now. Kind of like when you miss a two points and then you go for it again, you go for it again, you keep missing and missing and just losing points, trying to regain the points you lost. We keep trading back and you know, just it's just it becomes a mess. And so by taking somebody like that, and I'm not saying they're going to, I'm just saying that's one of the benefits of it, you eliminate the need to do something drastic. And then again, if if a corner falls in your lap, you just take them anyway. Because it's probably gonna be a short term thing for a guy that's a little bit older and expensive, and it then that provides you the opportunity to either keep him and then we have three really good corners or we move on from the expensive guy and we have two young talented corners. Wide receiver I don't feel like is as dire but it also is is one of those things where we can kind of it's it's still just a guarantee which is nice. Not necessarily the production because you don't know exactly how that's going to pan out and how he's going to play and he has been very volatile you know in terms of his his uh you know again bad year, good year, bad year, good year and and they weren't ever really elite years. But at the same time it also comes down to um comes just down to fit. And if this is the kind of guy that Matt LaFleur is looking at saying, this is exactly the piece we need for my scheme, he might just be a better fit for Matt LaFleur than somewhere else. And that really is the question. And obviously that's going to get a lot of people excited thinking about him doing the end of rounds and all that stuff, especially with four-three-one speed. And he's a very good runner. You wouldn't think of him that way, but I mean, he's legitimately, you can put him in the backfield and, and just make him a running back. And he does a pretty good job, similar to what Randall Cobb was, right? Smaller guy, lots of speed, great, you know, after the, with with the ball in his hand, making things happen. And, you know, he did have 851 yards, so, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. Only three touchdowns, wasn't very productive in the red zone, but, but again, I almost think that that's a nice little dynamic, right? He's, he's again, sort of a Randall Cobb. He didn't have a single game with no targets, no receptions. The least amount of receptions he had all year was two. That was in week two against Tampa. Two targets, two receptions, 13 yards. He also added four carries for 26 yards. He had two rushing touchdowns in in his career also, so already he's... He comes in as sort of a, a a mediocre to a mediocre player with some high. I mean, again, remember he's 24 years old. So I, I guess bottom line is I really like it. I I just I don't know if they can swing it. Um, I don't know how important it is, considering you know money at this point is so unbelievably valuable to the team because um, it's just it's a finite resource and they don't have a lot of it. But uh, did you point being did you now get me excited about Curtis Samuel? Yes, you did. And it's one of those fan kinds of excitement. Anytime you see, you know, a guy that does like the jet sweepy stuff, which obviously is what Packer fans really get excited about because it's that extra special dynamic. Anytime you see four three one 3 one speed, 24 years old, you know, I mean, he was a second-round pick, so that's kind of the, you know, he's obviously got a lot of upside in terms of his talent. And, again, he did produce. I mean, you, don't, you know, 850-some receiving yards, 200 rushing yards. you I are mean, talking over 1,000 all-purpose yards produced in every single game, so he's not one of those guys like the guys that we have where they just disappear for entire games or you just don't hear their name at all. It's not him. It's the guy that—it's it's, it's what we do need. Now, again, we can get into arguments as Packer fans about how much of a need wide receiver is, but I'm not interested in that. Of course we can get better. No question we can get better, and I'm, and I'm excited about the prospect of that. You know, you think about the Kansas City Chiefs and how, you know, what did they do with the first pick last year? They went out and got a running back. You know, they've already got this dynamic elite offense, and they add a top-end running back. Now, he didn't necessarily blow the, the world away. He's not exactly Saquon Barkley or whatever, but who knows? He may grow into that. Point is, though, that was their mentality. That's one of the things I love doing in the draft occasionally is, you know, we can attack weaknesses, but maybe what if we just attack our strengths? You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, picture a team—who was it I just saw recently did something? Oh, Dallas. Dallas, it was it was in the mock, it was just a, a bot or whatever, but Dallas drafted a edge rusher. And it's one of those things you look at and go, I don't know if that's your biggest need, but at the same time, you picture that team, and obviously they were really bad, but let's pretend they get a better offensive coordinator that knows how to use Dak and Ezekiel Elliott and three top-end wide receivers, right? That Just a really scary offense. And then you got a defense that really struggles, but now they have two premier edge rushers. I don't care how much you might laugh at their corners, even though they do have Diggs who, you know, young up and coming whatever Stefan's brother by the way that's why I thought it would be funny if my uh, Minnesota drafted him which would have been even funnier because they ended up getting rid of his brother and then he would have been disgruntled there and it would just be hilarious so I'm sad they didn't do that but you know imagine being a team and saying dude their safeties are so trash their linebackers are so bad nobody's going to be saying that because you're terrified about these these just edge rushers that are assaulting your quarterback all the time same with a lot of offenses like you you, you need some defensive help because you're all, your your offense is good you need to make a, your, your defense better. And we as fans always do that. We only look at our weaknesses. Regardless of whether you view our wide receiver group as a weakness or a strength, no problem in attacking that, right? I mean, Minnesota has like two of the best wide receivers in football. I think at one point, I know uh, Thielen kind of fell off in the rankings and whatnot, but at one point, I think they were the number one and number two wide receivers in football. I think, at one, I think Devontae took the number one spot, but even then it was still like number two and number three it's just it's one of those things you're just not mad at if we draft a wide receiver and he's a top five wide receiver is it necessary do you have to have that to win a Super Bowl of course not are you mad about it no not not exactly because that that is sort of a dynamic that that makes really great teams really great teams is what in the world do you do to stop this team and the Packers had that a little bit but again it was always from the standpoint of there's all these weapons that can attack you, but sometimes those weapons don't show up. Like, how do you stop Devontae when they got Marquez? Well, what if Marquez doesn't play very well in this day like he does four out of five times? Well, then we got Lazard. Well, he's maybe one in three games he kind of blows up. That might be generous. Well, then you got Aaron Jones. Well, he's very good like every other game. You know, there's just not that consistent, like, every single game, just dominant, dominant, dominant. You can't stop him. That's Devontae. And again, there's so many weapons, you know, Tunyon, But Tunyon would disappear for four or five weeks. You just don't even see him. And then he'd blow up, and it's like, oh, man, all these weapons, just all the weapons. And then he disappear for four weeks. I think I'm just going to have to take this one on the chin and not do any ads today because I already got to get going. There's no way... But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all for that. And it does get me excited. And occasionally, again, I love doing that with these mock drafts. Um, you want to address weaknesses, but sometimes you go, you know what? We're going to make our strengths even stronger. You know, one of my favorite picks for the Vikings, for example, is another edge rush. Yeah, I mean, they, they could use corners. They could use some help at linebacker and safety and offensive line. You can strengthen other areas that need more help. Or we look at Michael Pierce, Dani- Daniil Hunter, and say, are you scared? Yes. Well, now you're even more scared because we're adding another one and you just get that level of dominance to where it's like you just you just can't stop it. And again, well, their corners are not, ba- well, are not good. Well, who cares? So what? So, again, it's another interesting dynamic. The Packers generally don't oh, they, they don't operate in any kind of way. But it, it's, it's another reason, I guess, to not be dogmatic about we have to do this, that, or the other. All right, list your top three biggest weaknesses, and that needs to be our number one, two, and three pick. In other words, first round, second round, third round, we have to address cornerback, um, offensive tackle, and defensive tackle, or whatever your biggest needs are, linebacker and wide receiver, I, I, whatever. But again, that, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you can go through just about any position and, and make a really strong case for it. Why, again, wide receiver... Whether you think we have bad wide receivers and need one, or you think we have good wide receivers and it could just become a stronger position. Tight end. I'm not opposed to tight end at all. I don't think they're going to do it in the first round. But again, as as, as nice as Tunyon's stats were as far as like deep passing, because he does have a lot of speed and touchdowns, um, I do think we could add somebody there. I don't know if we need to because, again, I'm a big Deguara fan, and I think if you have Tunyon and Deguara, it could be pretty exciting. Jace is pretty much um, relegated to, you know, when you can produce ever— I'll, I'll start talking about you, but um, it's been pretty bad for Jace. I, I don't have a, a lot of... But again, his stats are almost identical to that of Tunyon. If you look at Tunyon, he, he was just bottom of the barrel, no production, whatever. Jace is actually a half a tick ahead of where he was, and then when Tunyon blew up year three, that's Jace next year. So we'll see. We'll see if he has his big blow-up year. Certainly not opposed to it, but, you know, edge rusher, of course, because we need depth and Preston is probably gone. We have two guys and nobody else. Defensive tackle, of course. Linebacker, yes, I think we need help. Biggest need in the world? No, but I'm nowhere near on the same path as where Packer fans are in terms of Chris Barnes as an elite prospect or whatever. No, he's not. He was one of the lowest-graded players on our entire team. I know he had some flashy plays, but I I would like him better. Uh, Kamal you know, missile, tackler, violent, all that stuff. I'm a big fan of Kamal, but that's not a big enough reason to say, nah, let's just not touch it. Cornerback, obviously a big need. Safety, not a big need, but again, it could be one of those things where you attack a strength. Running back, yeah. I mean, depending on what we do with running back, it's, it, it, we may need it, we may not. I don't know. So, But that's what's exciting about it. And I know a lot of people say they're not into the draft, but I, I just, I think you're going to get into it. Because, again, all the draft is is about daydreaming about your team. It's it's watching a player in college play and thinking, man, what if that guy come, came on our team? What if, you know, what if... And a lot of it's fake. You know, a lot of these guys as rookies, they don't have that great of years. And, and if they're going to become good, it takes a year or two or three or, or, or more for some of them. And for a lot of these guys, you know, more than half of them, they're never going to be good football players. But so what? So what? Have fun with it. Just enjoy it. It's fun, right? And, and it's just... There's there's a buildup and there's excitement about you know guys that you really like and are they going to make it to us and oh man what are, what if we pick them and you know at the end of the day I mean there are great football players on the Green Bay Packers and it, it's it's kind of neat when you think and you look at these prospects and think these some of these guys are actually going to be playing for the Packers like they're really going to suit up and there's there's a really good chance that one of these guys on this list I got a list of you know fourteen hundred guys or whatever it's like one of these guys could very potentially be like a Packers Hall of Famer not super likely but just could be who is it it's michael scott sorry i had to do that who is it so it's exciting it's it's fun stuff and um again it it provides something in the off season maybe you guys need a break in the off season and that's fine you just want to get away from football maybe you have other sports that you like but for those of us that are all football all the time and are just sad that it's gone it's not gone until after the draft and even then as crazy as the nfl is getting and i I like that it's getting crazy because it provides some massive oh that I cannot wait to move out of this place and get a actual room that's quiet. Um, my apologies for the noise. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many fun things in the offseason. And again, a lot of it's fake, and a lot of it's bad, obviously. You know, the, the, the fake controversies and all the nonsense or whatever, and it, it just gets annoying. But it is fun to think about the Green Bay Packers and how dominant they can be. Take what they already are. And just add to it, wherever you feel like adding to it, anywhere in the world you want. I want to have the best offense of all time. We, we, were, we were maybe the best offense the Packers have had of all time already. I want, I want the Packers to be even better than that, completely unstoppable. How do you do it? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, yeah, you, if you go out and publicly say it, everyone's going to trash you because everyone's just negative and stupid all the time. So what? Don't talk to them. Keep it to yourself. What do you want to do? How do you want to build this team? And then go do it. Because who cares? What else you got going on? And uh, there's a lot of people that are invested in it that love doing it and would be happy to help you through that. Um, If you want to ask me any questions about prospects or positions or anything, please feel free to do so. Um, uh, Pro tip, and I I need to find a better resource. A lot of these things keep getting taken down um, in terms of really good uh, databases that are out there. Either, Either people move them behind paywalls, which is smart because they do a lot of work and they deserve to get paid for what they do, or they just get taken down but um, a real simple way to check out prospects, just go to YouTube, type in their name, and then type in Verse, because if you just type in their name, it's all going to be highlights. Um, If you want to watch highlights and just get excited about a prospect, that's fine. That's when I first started doing this. I just watched highlights, and it was the year that Jadavian Clowney was there, so it was like, that was just the greatest football player of all time, because you watch Jadavian Clowney highlights, and it's like, this guy is, he's he's just the best player that's ever been on a football field. But if you want to watch them play, um, just type in Verse. Some of the positions are going to be harder than others you know you try to watch a safety you're just you're never going to see them because they're just off the the camera all the time unless you can find all 22 footage which does exist it is out there sort of on the black market somewhere i i do have a big massive pile of that i think it's all 2019 stuff but you know whatever anyways i'm I'm kind of just rambling i i am out of time unfortunately i know this is a very short episode again very late start and then i had to censor myself and so off we go But anyways, uh, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I hope to catch you later when we do our group mock. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.